You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! You're a bad boy. You're a mean man. Uh, mean man. I do have a mean man mustache right now. Like I'm from Nashville pussy. Uh, chicken and coffee. We're all confused. They, they were such a fun, fun band. Like every piece was like weirder than the next. And like they, like they shouldn't have fit together, but they totally did. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, oh, hi. Welcome to the uh, Zach and Mike make three podcasts and we're doing things a little bit different today actually we have a really close close family friend of ours as a co-host uh the illustrious and illustrious is a good word uh jeff humper plays the illustrated man yeah jeff humper. Yeah. down here just been coming up during the pandemic and staying with uh me because he gets tattoos and uh yeah yeah, so we got a little co. We got a co-host today. We're gonna do things as we don't actually have a guest. We're just we figure we are more interesting. Yeah, he's kind than, of a guest, but he no, he's a, he's kind of a guest. He's kind of a guest. Well, we we didn't have a guest. So we're we're thankful. Have anything to plug? I don't think. Do you? Kind of. Um. Well, 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 kick, he just gonna be in a kickboxing tournament. Can, well, well, we'll get more of a movement that I'm trying. Oh yeah, to get rolling. Hell okay, yeah. we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to it. Uh, right. we don't, uh, Let's not let me rush. Is that one? Don't let me premature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast, we're guys from bands. We ask our guests three things they're into. Could be anything. Well, I got them through the pandemic. What are they into right now? What are they into for life? Uh, that's it. It's loose. It's dog-eared. And we like to keep it that way. And it might sound weird, but fuck you if you don't like it. How about that? Yeah! Yeah. This is our podcast. It's not that's your podcast. Aggressive. It is aggressive. It is. I'm sorry. I, I'm, hey, man. Hey. Hey, I'm sorry about that before, man. Hey, I'm sorry. Dude, chill. Hey, you man. Chill the fuck out. Dude, I do need to chill the fuck out. I do. I do. You were looking at me like I was a fool. Yeah, man. I mean, hell, it's just been hard lately. I need to calm down. Booger man's going to get me. Caffeine, man. Need to get some CBD and Kratom. <laughs> you know, cry out Krav Maga. I do. I did cry them with Krav Maga. Um, anyway, so how, how are you doing there? Actually, everyone, I do know how Mike is doing because I saw him play last night. And he did two acoustic sets with our, our friend of the podcast, Ian McAdougal. Mac yeah, good. it was great. I feel alive. I feel good. I mean, you know, it's like that acoustic, you know, it's a real, like, it's a different beast from what normally I did the jumping and hooting and hollering. 
But man, it felt really one. I never would have done that if it wasn't for the pandemic kind of forcing, you know, uh, because we didn't want to do like full band stuff for the streams that we did because we did a couple live streams with that. And I don't know. I just, I never, and I actually am enjoying it. It's not really acoustic. I mean, it is acoustic. We're playing acoustic guitars, but there's pedals and, and little weird things and little, you know, little, I don't know, noises and, and effects and stuff like that. So it's not quite, I don't know. I, I feel like I can at least justify it to myself that it's not just some like, you know, singer covering brown eyed girl in the quad trying to impress, <laughs> a, you know, a right. sophomore trying to impress right. a freshman. Uh, well, I, I've, I've always sort of despised that a little bit and never wanted to be that. And then anytime I did try to do acoustic stuff, it just didn't feel good. But I think me and Ian and Fadi's come and done with, with us too, have kind of figured out a, a, a thing that's not, it's not quite that, but it's also not like a full on, rock you sure. know well it's hard you know sometimes to translate what we do to acoustic music you know and and with you know rise against we did that whole album of let's reimagine these songs as acoustics if they were written as acoustic songs in the first place and just to kind of take a whole different approach to them it's really fun it's fun to do yeah. no i like it now and I, I kind of uh, like the idea of writing some things a little bit more in that vein. I don't know if it'll be gamblers or or what, but something that's. We should, know. Uh, you know, and if he, with Dracula's too, it's like we'll eventually, you know, we did get to that acoustic than any. I don't think it lends itself to. It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean like that. Like we did that. We did like a radio thing once. And I think immediately afterwards, we all looked at each other and we're like, yeah, that's let's not, not that. let's not do that again. We don't need to press that bad anyway. Uh, but it was it was it was great. It was great to go out. It was great to be seen. It was great to see people. Some of the, some people. Uh, but it was, uh, it, was <laughs> it was fun. Uh, and you guys were great. And and I like I like Tipsy Mike. Mike got a little Mike got a little smiley toward the end of the boy. Like not like I don't. I'm not gonna be a little loose. I'm not going to be bummed at all. Like the second, so it was two sets and I significantly had enough drinks, but I mean, I, I know I wasn't like, <laughs> all, like I, I know me when I'm like really lit, but I, I, I had the, the two drinks that I had were like a lot stronger than I, I thought they were. Mm -hmm. It was, it's like a, it's called meanwhile brewing. It's like a beer place, but they also had these like kind of pre-made cocktails and i had these two negronis and they they were stronger than i was planning on them <laughs> and i know like i definitely like you know i i fucked up the guitar part on one song but i, I but i like like you can say like you can be completely honest and go like you were <laughs> it was not good no like, I, I i'm not saying this because i'm trying to save your feelings i'm really not and you know me i'm i'm yeah i i, I, I will do that I, honestly if you i could tell you were getting a little fun having having a good time because i know you so well just by your yeah. face but you weren't playing like you were yeah. like you were all i'm not kidding you weren't singing like you were enhanced felt, no like what i've heard like I, I feel fine about the singing but there are definitely some guitar things no, you were fine. I, I you were would fine. like to go back and and play a little you were bit fine. better. But whatever. Honestly, I mean, nothing know, stood out. And then, like, uh, you know, it's not like the, it's not like, 
Rick Rubin was there. Anything yeah. Like you were, no, I honestly, if I had noticed like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, I, I'd say, oh, well, that one thing was, you know, that was yeah. freaky. Anyway, uh, so hi, everyone. Hi, Jeff Humper. Thanks for, uh, thanks for co-hosting today and being our, we're gonna, again, we're going to do this a little different. So um, since we don't have an official, I guess we have Jeff Humper, but I, I want him, I want him to host with us. I want him to be a part of it. So why don't we each just take a thing instead of taking three things each, because we'll be here all night and maybe somebody's daytime drive isn't that long and they don't feel like listening to us talk for three Maybe hours. you're going from Hearst to Euless or from Hearst to Bedford or from Euless to Bedford and you live in the Hearst Euless Bedford trifecta. <laughs> That's not a long drive. I mean, maybe depending on the traffic, but I heard they had the, uh, the, the H-E-B. they call out the HEB, which is confusing because there's a chain of, uh, grocery stores called HEB in the southern Texas area. And that is another fun fact about. Are we about to get them in the? And it's going to get real confusing. Yeah. Our, our co-host here, Jeff Humper, is also from North Texas, like like we are. Our favorite guests are from North Texas. Let's just face it. Um, I heard they had the Booger Man down there in Hearst, Hewlett's Bedford. They had the Booger Man. Not real. No, uh, my grandmother. Uh, she used to be, she was trying to say the boogeyman and she would say the booger man, which is so much more horrifying. Really? I would just like a, like a man made of boogers when you're a little kid, you know, like my big brother would just put, so you'd hear a cat out in the trash cans and, you know, my brother and I were like, yeah, the booger man's out there. He's going to get y'all the booger man, booger man action figure. For myself. Okay. Well, uh, why don't we get into this bullshit? Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast, by the way, for everyone. Uh, we it's 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 really overwhelming. It's uh it 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 warms our cockles. Me and Mike, even I know. I mean, it warms our the cock the cockles of our heart. Is that yeah. right? Before we get to uh, before we get into the podcast at all, I'm just gonna because I, I know I will forget. Uh, uh gamblers just put a pre-order up for a seven inch that we we covered ramon's song and we got cj ramon to uh sing on it oh yeah crazy but it's pretty limited so i figured i'd figured i'd shout it out here for you uh eagle-eared listeners that might want to get that ahead of people before it sells out so yeah yeah well, yeah, you go get that. Uh, things are happening. People are doing shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's been announced you're playing punk rock bowling. That's not letting yeah. a, a cat out of the bag. With DeVoe. Yeah, with DeVoe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if Belle and Biv are going to be there, but I do know that DeVoe is. At least they got DeVoe. They got DeVoe. Um, hopefully, I mean, I'm going, I want to go to that uh, very yeah, bad. Ride stuff. Yeah, maybe we can. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll make a little appearance. My bald ass. Um, okay, guys, lovers, let's uh, let's get started. Uh, Mike, you want to go first on your thing number one? Sure. Thing number one. My thing, which I guess is not thing number one, but my thing is I have gotten super into lately Conan. Conan. The barbarian, okay. yeah, but, yeah. but but the uh, the oh. Robert E. Howard char- Robert E. Howard character, and so 
me and probably like most people, like my main Conan stuff was uh, the movie Conan the Barbarian, which is, a, it's an amazing movie. The first one, the second one is total garbage, but the first one was like written by Oliver Stone of all people. And it was directed by John Milius who did like Apocalypse Now and a um, ton of other like, like wrote like directed like Red Dawn. He was just very kind of like, gritty dude, but and that movie is actually a pretty good representation of that character. But Conan, like, so there's there's never, you know, that movie's titled The Barbarian, and he is a barbarian, but mm -hmm. he's such a cool character. And there's been so much done with him over the years. Oh, yeah. Um and you know, in the comics, uh his origin story is kind of nebulous, it kind of changes here and there. Um, but the main thing is he's just this guy who's like a you know he's been a thief he's been you, you just know there's no like there's no like really perfectly chronological timeline right. I think people have tried to do that with the robert e howard stories but he's been like a pirate a thief uh you know a barbarian and at, but you know that at some point it's always mentioned that he ends up a king and it's really interesting. Like he's, you know, they kind of talk about how he's, he's had all these great victories, but he's also like super melancholy. Like there's a depression right. within him and which uh, Robert E. Howard actually committed suicide from depression in the thirties. Oh. But, but, but I've really, I don't think I knew like my, what I've been into about Conan is particularly like the comic series. And I, 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 I love the movie, that first movie growing up. And then I, I read a bunch of the Robert E. Howard books uh, several years ago when I was laid up from my, my little lung accident when I fell off the stage and hurt myself. <laughs> um, and that's when I got into it. But, but lately I've got into the, the comics and the comics, they span, like they were making them in definitely like in, maybe in the 60s, definitely in the 70s, mm -hmm. all the way to right now. So there's all these people that have like taken their their kind of and he's really different, um, really different kind of runs at him uh, over the years. And you can really feel like, oh, this is a 60s version. This is a 70s version. This is an 80s version. And then I've been reading a bunch of new stuff, too, that are like gloriously kind of like this. I can't I have to I'll have to drop in the artist's name later or in the in the notes. Yeah. Please. I did this crazy like watercolor version of them. They're so good, but they're so, man, they're so badass. And I know there's a little bit of like cultural insensitivity maybe around sure. the, uh, the original Robert E. Howard stuff, which uh, I don't know. He's a kind of like, kind of like HP Lovecraft of like, yeah, yeah, but probably it's not as overtly sketchy as HP Lovecraft, you know? Like, yeah. Not as overtly. It's kind of more like the kind of, you know, and I definitely see the net, the negative aspects of like kind of the the white savior stuff. But I feel like a lot of those are more based around it's it's less that, and then just that um, he just wanted to create this guy, and you don't really exactly know what his ethnic. It's a made up ethnicity. He's Sumerian, right. which right. is right. a right. kind of dude, and I don't know that he's necessarily supposed to be a white guy per se because right, it says it's they overran asia minor in the seventh century bc that's the idea so i would imagine he probably wasn't intended to be a you know yeah. anglo anglo-saxon yeah, definitely know. not anglo yeah 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 but um, 
he he like i mean it's really cool there's just there's the, the way that they've that these comics in particular that i'm reading have kind of play around with real places and real things that really happens and 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 cultures that existed but also like made up stuff and magic and like monsters but sometimes like there's there'll be a run of stories that are really kind of set in this very like gritty like i think this is supposed to be that era of mongolia this is supposed to be a very specific thing and then the you know the next run that was done in a different era has like snake people that right. are are trying to fight, you know, and 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 well, like in the in the movie where Tulsa Doom turned into the big yeah, he fully like turns into all a that. Yeah. and like the movie is like such a and like I've since I've been reading a bunch of comics and I read a bunch of books, I feel like that first movie does such a good job of like great apart a lot of the best things of those books because sometimes they get a little too silly uh you know they get a little too magical mm-hmm. um, no they, they really did that movie right i'm glad you chose this because i grew up with my dad was the world's largest conan and robert e oh, Howard. really i had no idea oh he had every my brother has him every paperback up oh, until wow. a certain year so from inception when they started doing the paperbacks the robert e howard yeah. conan paperbacks up until I don't know which year he stopped. My brother has the whole collection. He did that, and he did the uh, the Destroyer. Remember the Destroyer paperbacks? Yeah. Remember? Is that Remo Williams was the name of the guy? Anyway, but he did the Conan. And so when that movie came out, it was a fucking big deal. And, you know, he wasn't yeah. supposed to take – my brother and I were kids, you know, and he took yeah, us yeah. to it, and we were just obsessed. So my brother grew up reading those paperbacks as well and the comic books. So I just kind of grew up with those Frank Fazetta drawings. My dad was a biker, hippie guy. So, yeah. like – into sabbath and you know long hair. it looks like you do now i like long hair I mean, well i mean you know i don't know i don't know if i sought it out because i like kind of fell into this haircut i'm reading it i've got bang, like i cut bangs at some point right. and i was just like i'm just that's gonna good. do this and it's a very like fog, you committed, hat, buddy. fog hat and now that this this mustache i definitely look you know, I mean, you know, physically, I don't look all jacked like Conan. I look like more one of the villains, one of the sketchy villains that he would either befriend or or kill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. I didn't know that you, you know, were into that. You know, or or were into to had had previously been into that. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I never, like I said, I never read the comics. I remember them, but it's. I think at the time I thought, well, there's so many of them. I don't know where to start. But then mm-hmm. once you kind of get into it, you realize like, oh, there, there isn't a starting point. It's just, yeah. it, it's just these stories. It's and, just nomadic. And, uh, and it just yeah, sort of, I mean, it's, some it's, of them are definitely written by a guy who just like, well, I just want to write a thing about a dude killing a bunch of people. And then some are like these really kind of thoughtful you know things about you know this guy who's just driven to be this mm-hmm. you know kind Did of you watch sad the, character there was one in like 2011 with jason momoa as coming no, i think i tried watching it and was immediately like because that first one that that john millie Oliver stone one is so good that you know that's the movie that launched schwarzenegger yeah um, and like and it was, you know, and I think that movie is a great example of what a good director can do with somebody who's maybe not that great at acting. Cause yeah. 
you know, like, I mean, I think, I think Schwarzenegger does fine now and has for a long time, but that was his first movie. And, you know, I think that, you know, some of those yeah. words, were, I mean, they, they were very smart to give him a handful of lines and, um, well, and his you know, accent actually helped his character as somebody who doesn't, who is this just this kind of machine uh, who also is kind of depressed and sad at times about, about well, he lose, loses his love and and yeah. and you know, and that's another thing in those books. It was pretty, you know, those Frank Fazetta drawings at least were pretty fucking misogynistic. You know, he's just with these women or wenches, and they're just kind of always yeah. on, his, on his leg. But in that movie she was like she yeah, was kind of like a little badass she was a total badass she led him into battle she kind of taught him yeah. a lot of things and then she died and it really affected him instead of just ah oh, moved on you know like a, a warrior or a barbarian or a voivod wood or something like that um yeah that's a, uh, a few years ago uh, a whole bunch of pictures of just all the props that from the set oh yeah from like the original and conan and like the stuff that they actually created you know where it's just like yeah rebar and stuff inside yeah yeah and they're just like it was just really cool to see how much work went in oh man those sets just like that big call the cauldron of the soup with the heads and like the body yeah, parts yeah. and stuff uh god yeah, that movie was that really affected me. And it's one of those movies I think I've seen as much or more than any other movie I've ever seen. You know, it was just one of those where you'd always rent. You go to Blockbuster, it was one yeah. of those always rent, you know. It's also one of those, for me, and y'all probably the same, like, you know, if a lot of people don't have cable anymore. I still do. Yeah. But, like, if I'm going through the channel, I mean, if I'm going through the channel guide and it's on, I'm, yeah. I'm watching it. You know? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. 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 I, 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 I'm with you on that. Now it's kind of making me want to revisit that movie. And, you know, my brother, I mean, you guys caught, talked about it a bit cause he wants, he's naming his, his instrumental band or Tulsa doom, but you know, he is a, a, a walking encyclopedia about Conan knowledge. Like oh, he cool. is, I've been talking to him about it. Dude, it is. If you started with him on the fucking comic books, Jesus Christ, man, you're going to have to like, get a pack of lunch uh, he, he's seriously been reading the stuff since he was a little kid since he was probably nine or ten years old because our dad's shit was always laying around dad had the molly hatchet right my dad was a huge frank frazetta fan so yeah me too. it all tied in it was like conan frank frazetta you know molly hatchet had the frank frazetta album cover he liked molly hatchet you know he just the whole fucking thing it was just it was frank frazetta apartment at our you know at our fucking place it's weird that like i mean there's not a lot it's this really malleable character that there's a couple of defining traits around and it, you know a million people try to do different versions of that character you know even yeah. like I think robert e howard had like solomon kane or something like that was the guy the character's name there's a bunch yeah. of other like characters that i think robert e howard also had like it's this guy he's like a barbarian but he's i don't know he like hangs out in this area or whatever and none of them you know, I mean, some of it is a movie, as simple as that. But you know, that just Conan's like never gone away since it right. came out, and it is. I always find it like interesting when a character has that kind of staying power, and like yeah. it's kind of just like a weird, undefinable thing. Because like, I mean, I think anybody could write a character who's just a total badass, because he is like a total badass, sure. and that's kind of like his defining thing. But I don't know. There's something about him that that <clears throat> continues to inspire people to make new new comics yeah, new stories and new you know you know attempts at new movies that i don't think have really worked i know there's a tv series 
that I didn't really give a chance. Right. To but, well, it's with the same premise as like why James Bond keeps getting reinvented. Yeah. And it's a simple premise, but, and you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And they just, yeah. you know, it just keeps kind of, and the best comic book stories as well. Yeah. So and there we, is, there is exactly like, I think, you know, like I was saying, like the difference between, um, I, I got a bunch of comics that are all over the different eras and stuff like that. And the new one, like it's, it's not reinvented for the time, but there's a flavor of the time that it's being rented. Right. You know, like each, each era, there's a, there's a flavor to it that you can, which is kind of like a James Bond thing. Like there's a reason why, um, you know, yeah, you have to you have to kind of update it. Connery had some, you know, it was like a medium mix of silly and serious, and then Roger Daltrey got real corny, and then Roger they Moore kind of like push it back. Roger Moore, yeah, Roger Moore, and then yeah, they, they try to get actually kind of more serious with Roger, not Roger Dalton, with uh, <laughs> Dalton, Dal uh, uh, Timothy Dalton, yeah. You know, there's always like, and it's just a, really a reaction to that's the the you know whether it's like the mid 80s or the mid 90s or the early 2000s or whatever and what's gonna you know put asses in seats really and sell tickets because you know the newer ones they're super dark and they're yeah you know he's not such a badass he kind of gets his ass kicked he gets you know yeah. he's, or gets his mind fucked with a lot more and he's not always coming out on top you know but yeah i i, I think that's uh that's a great one i mean we could talk about it's odd because you know you me and you said that i was like this is one of those things I was ever present in my house. I just grew up knowing that my dad loved Conan. I mean, I remember getting him Conan paperbacks with my own money for Christmas and his birthday and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, stuff yeah. I figured he didn't have, but of course he always did, you know. And he, oh, yeah. thanks so much. It was just the shitty dog, you know. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Oh, that's a good thing, number one. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we're maybe we should can we keep moving. Um, unless you got we're at 24 minutes now, so. We gotta get to old Jeff Humper here in a bit, boy. We'll save we'll save the best for last. Uh, so we'll get into thing number two. Thing number two. And uh, I guess I'll take this one, and we'll, Jeff, we'll get to you. We'll get you on thing number three. Um, man, so I subscribe to. It's called Maggot Brain Writer Magazine. Yes, I should. Um, it's called Maggot Brain, and it's the Third Man Records. They do it uh, quarterly, I believe. And it's just this, it's so well curated, much like everything at Third Man, you know, uh, done so well. And it's a lot of music and a lot of obscure music, a lot of obscure art. Wait, art. what is it? It's a magazine. Oh, it's just a magazine. It's called, it's called Maggot Brain, um, okay. like the, the Funkadelic record. Close. I know, Graves. Um, but like, you know, on the cover, this this uh, this one, it's a Sun Ra when he played in uh, Turkey. He went to, you know, and it just it's just really cool. There's a whole article on uh, Blue Oyster Cult lyrics, because back in the 70s, you can never really tell what these guys were singing about. And occasionally you could send in a thing and and um, get actual hand typed blue oyster cult lyrics back anyway they do a story on that so it's just real if you're a nerdy music guy like we are this is the magazine to get and so this new issue introduced me to man it's this it's the craziest fucking story her name is ann Steele. um i can't remember if it's e-e-l-e -E -E. 
It's S-T-E-E-L, actually. And Ann Steele was a model from Michigan, and she wanted out. So that tells the whole story about how she got out, and I'll spare you the details. But she made it to Milan and started working as a model. And she met a guy named Roberto Cacciapaglia. 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 And he was just a musician. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. It's the it's a mouthful. But he now he's he does soundtracks, he does film scores, he's a he's a you know musician. This is in the late 70s, and she had been a singer in Michigan, she had been in like classic rock bands, stuff like that. But you know, she was gorgeous, and he sort of took her under his wing and they started making like a pre-post-punk synth record. I know that sounds insane, but this was like 1978, 79. And the thing they did sort of predated, let's say, uh, Eurythmics or whatever, because there were just two people doing it. And she, it's, they made a record that was meant to sound like it was all synthesizer, but it's not. It's actually organic instruments. And they would affect like pianos by putting things on the strings to make them sound more synthy. Or yeah. they would do percussion instruments and dull them in a weird way to make it sound like a drum machine. Because this yeah. guy, uh, Roberto Cacciapaglia, he, he had this vision that he was way ahead of his time for like what Devo would end up doing or something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and the record is bananas. It is crazy. There's one video of hers. She was on like a Italian dance show, like a top of the pops kind of thing. Yeah. There's one song and she wears this like kind of jumper tracksuit with a, a hunter's cap, but it, it, it's all stylized and like, it looks like, it's like, you know, like Gucci or something had designed her clothes for, you know what I mean? But it looks like she's going to go camping. And she shows these weird robotic, movements that are they, they seem completely scripted but also off the fly i mean dude no, nothing about this record or her makes sense at all and i got obsessed with it and fascinated i looked her up and she ended up uh becoming a real estate agent in atlanta and died like two years ago she has two daughters and so in the story they talked to her daughters and her daughters had no idea she had done this like this whole phase of her life until this video surfaced and then they were just like what in the fun and then she opened up and talked about it because it was it it just didn't happen you know they thought they were going to take yeah. over the world and uh Kasia paglia he didn't want to tour in her opinion she was like we could have done a eurythmics thing we could have we could have gone and we could have toured and we could have played shows. We could have, and they got invited to do things. And he just, because it wasn't an instant success, he just sort of lost interest and quit doing it. Yeah. But it is. What's it called? It's just, so it, if you're looking like say on iTunes, it's, it's actually under Roberto Cacciapaglia. So that's C-A-C-C-I-A-P-A-G-L-I-A. And it's called the Ann Steele album. But dude, it is, you'll love it because it's, it's right up our alley, but it is oddball. Like, I, I guess it's been covered a lot. A lot of the songs on there have been covered and stuff. She's a great singer. You know, she, she's just one of those people that seems like she could kind of do anything she set her mind to, you know, like yeah. it didn't hurt. She was just gorgeous and was also a model just, you know, yeah. jet setting all over Europe and like, Oh, and I'm going to be a pop star too. And just was, but it's not, it's like, if you explained pop music to somebody that had never heard music in their lives and they were, Oh, okay, well, we'll just do it like this. You know, like the songs don't really make sense. There's not real choruses. 
You know, yeah. it, it sounds like people that had never heard music just made up music. Yeah. And it's it's compelling. It's amazing. It's really, really good. You got to see this video. It's like, it's something I think we should rip off. <laughs> I'll say that on the air, but it's it's crazy because like, there's a dance floor and the dance floor has more people on it. Like you can't, they can't even move around. So they're all just kind of bumping into each other and stuff. And then there's a, there's a, a robot Butler, like basically a guy doing the robot dressed like a Butler just off to the side for no reason, you know, just kind of 80 is I guess 79 actually. Yeah. None of it really makes sense, but that's what makes it even so much cooler, you know? Well, um, have robot butlers yet. yeah i mean that was you know that was yeah. in all the tv shows and stuff yeah like the future was I totally mean, gonna thought, be you know with, like with it looking yeah like yeah. a butler or a i movie. agree, I agree. robot for his kid where's mm-hmm. mine it's true you know jeff if uh when dracus do go on tour again by the way uh listening audience jeff humper uh, also tours with dracula's and uh right uh, uh riverboat gamblers maybe just do the robot the whole time even oh, like i can totally do that did you see my jacket i was wearing last yeah night? i did i did i'm ready dude yeah. you're ready even if you're driving just you know oh yeah that would be great we're robbing people of these visuals by the way I'll let you know yeah. something I can break dance. I mean, yeah, he's, he's used for, to be a break dance for dude. real, like a motherfucker. All right. these things that I don't know about Mr. Humper uh, that I'm finding out now. Well, anyway, everybody check out, uh, just Google and steal S T E E L. This clip is, I mean, it's one of those things you either love it or your head. I love it. And not only that, I love it. And I got fascinated with it. And I've been listening to it constantly because it just, it'll break your brain. It just doesn't, you know, from a songwriter standpoint or whatever, it doesn't make sense. And then to hear the extra added, it's not all synthesizer. It's like organic, it's acoustic instruments that he altered to make sound like synthesizers. And apparently they spent months doing it. You know, they talk about her in, um, uh, patience for everything that she was up for the task. And I mean, it's, it's, do you hear that and you find that out? It's just like, Holy shit. So check it out. If you can co-write it or did he write it all? Or? He wrote, I believe he wrote it all. And there's another, there's another um, sort of discrepancy about that. He took full credit and his wife took credit for writing lyrics. However, her daughters dispute that now and say that their mom actually did write quite a few of them. And I guess Anne still said it as well, but she wasn't a person that held grudges. She seemed much like a very, you know, self-realized, self-aware person that was kind of like, oh, that was the past and I'm over it now and it doesn't matter. You know, she didn't hold grudges about it. She just moved on, married somebody, had settled down, had kids. But uh, it's fascinating. And being, you know, the muso for lack of a better term, that you and me are. It's like, and then I want to know, like, why? But why? You know? Yeah. And yeah. It, it asks more questions than it answers. And I think uh, that's always, cool. yeah, that's always the, the the formula for, like, now I, now they got me. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, yeah. now I got to fucking find out. But, yeah, everybody check that out. Roberto Paglia, and it's the Ann Steele album. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's... That's my thing number two. Well, see, we're getting fucking through these. We're good at these, man. We're good at this podcast. We're good. So, so good. We're the best. We're the best at our podcast mm-hmm. that anyone ever was. I don't think anyone could do y'all's podcast better. Than no. I don't. I mean, you know why? Because. Alive, but yeah. Because we are Zach and Mike. Neil LaPaglia. 
Yeah, that's true. We are Zach and Mike, and this is the Zach and Mike Make Three. However, you did want to be called Yum Yum from now on. So that's a that's a that's a cool name. That is a Yum cool name. Yum Yum. That would be a pretty cool name. That's like a gang member that's kind of you know a little bit obese, like a very round gang. He's tough, but he's very like round. Like sure. Like, kind of belly sure. i like that story or or he is like the one you don't fuck with that's kind of funny and looks a little weird yeah, yeah. you can see it in his eyes and like don't fuck with yum yum yeah he's 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 when he sees bread it's like it's all bets off like, yeah don't like, fuck with yum yum the oh, zach and yum yum yeah uh okay that was my thing number two the Anne steel album could check that out i actually texted mark ryan about it just because i know it's scratches yeah, his that yeah, that kind of thing i just sent him a huge long diatribe text about everything and, and the record so hopefully he'll get into it uh okay that was, about it he probably already did he would probably oh yeah dude i've had that for 10 years um <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, it's, it's very, it's very up his alley. It's very up his alley. All right. That was my thing. Number two, uh, let's get into thing. Number three. I, I hope everybody's liking this way we're, that we're doing it. I hope everybody isn't super upset yeah. with you and me. I hope everybody likes it. Honestly, I don't care. Come fight me. Come fight me in the park. That is, hey, 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 man. Come I started in a park. You've already challenged Troy Aikman to fight you in a park. I've already beaten him up since then. I did not know that. Okay, I stand corrected. Come fight Mike in a park. Uh, way more intimidating now, too. Yeah. That's true. But you know what? I mean, that you do. But it is our podcast, so fuck everyone. That's my point. Um, all right, so thing number three. Oh, God damn, it's thing number three. Jeff Humper. Right, I had a few things that I was considering talking about, but you only get one motherfucker, only one motherfucker. I know I'm narrowing it down. Go for it. Um, one thing, well, it's because it's something that, um, wow, that I've just has occupied a good amount of my time over the last year, and that would be the Warriors' latest album, which is "You Are Someone You Know." Okay, and it came out last year. And it's just, I mean, fucking fantastic. Like, I, I, I was telling Mike about this recently, like how much I love this album. Yeah, we when I was getting, I went and got a tattoo uh, and uh, Jeff got me a tattoo actually for my uh, Christmas present. And okay. uh, we, I think we listened to it on the way there and it's, the Warriors is uh, you. You're gonna tell more, but I know Mikey Erg. Yeah. Mikey Erg is 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 a very very close good good buddy, and and man, what a prolific, awesome dude he is. What a nice guy, and what great music taste, and he makes great music as well. So everything he does is is really really good. So it is the songwriter is lauren she also used to have a band called the measure which is I remember was the measure. a fantastic band as well i remember them but i mean this and and the previous warrior stuff is great too but this album in particular i mean i got it right when it came out and it's it, the first time i listened to it it was kind of like i just i i threw it on you know and and i was like okay cool you know it's kind of what it was and then then I just listened to it while I was driving down here to come to Austin and just, you know, really spent some time with it. Just mm-hmm. listening to, you know, first time listening to it front front to back. 
and I got I got like chills, dude. I'm I mean I and it's just the songwriting is so good. Like the I'm a big lyrics guy, and a lot sure. of people are, but like I mean, it hits home in so many ways, and it's. Is, oh well, that's awesome that's awesome and so like every time i was telling mike this like which every time i come to austin which has been since even really before the pandemic is is normally well it's at least once a month if not twice which you know that yeah but on those on that when i come down that album gets listened to front to back no interruption at least one time if not twice i love those albums and, and, and I, I, and yes, it was fantastic that Mr. Mike Yerg is in it because I love him. Yeah, but I'm telling yeah. you, Lauren is the guitarist and singer and songwriter, and her songwriting and lyrics are just like wow. Yeah, well, that's all. Mikey is. I, I can't say enough about that guy. We, we. Uh, I remember one time I was we were doing Grows Rock, and he was there with one of his project projects, and like. I can't remember. It was like, I think it was like, it's like me and gamblers guys and like the dopamines guys and like Jim Lindbergh from Pennywise and Mikey. And we we're all like watching. It was like right when rocket from the crypt got back and started doing shows again. It was just like, this yeah, I was, I was, I was with you. Oh, were you there? I just remember like, uh, <laughs> what, but I don't remember you being at this moment. Like okay. Okay. Like doing something. I remember standing on that stage, watching them with you, me and Rob, because it was Rise Against, Riverboat Gamblers, Rocket from the Crypt. It was that year at Grows Rock. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember like Mikey, just kind of looking at me in the middle of all of it, and just saying like, "Isn't it so insane that we get to do this?" <laughs> no shit. And like, it was like a real. I don't know. It was like it was super cool. It was just like a weird. It's cool that like. I don't know, like even with, you know, cause I don't make a million dollars uh, yet in music and it was uh, yet. Yeah, motherfucker. Uh, no, but I mean, I don't. And, and it was just like a cool moment of like, man, it's still like, there's not a really a price tag on like a, it was, there wasn't a price tag on a moment like that to, to kind of just be like, yeah, it's weird. These people that I like sort of, collected over you know 20 years or whatever and then it just all ends and you're in europe and it's it's just wild but i i don't know i always have when i think of mikey i always think of that moment and that's a great that's a great explanation of mikey because you know i'm i'm an enthusiast yeah, he's the guy that would kind of like encapsulate that into like absolutely a, a, a simple simple sentence. That's like his that. personality, and and I'm an excitable, hyperactive guy that still loves 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 what I do, and so consider myself so lucky that I get to do what I do. And him and I at Riot Fest when we all did Riot Fest together, him and I went Bob Mold, and we're standing there watching Bob Mold. It's like you want to go see God by Voices? Like fuck yeah, let's go see God. You know, we just went to stage to stage to see bands together, and it's like you know we were. Getting Getting off on the fact that we got to go up to the stage and see the bands that we love and when a lot of people that do what we do are jaded by now you know they're over it they don't they're in their backstage they don't give a shit you know like, oh, man, I don't give a fuck. you can't I don't want to lose that you know I don't 
I haven't yet, and I don't want to. I, I want to be however old and go, dude, you know, Metallica are going on. I'm getting over there. Or Guided by Voices are going on. And he is definitely that guy. And, you know, so so once again, it's the Warriors, uh, W-O-R-R-I-E-R-S. We're all from Texas, so it sounds like we're saying the Warriors. We say you've been worrying no more than a whole bunch. Oh, don't worry. Hi, baby. What happens? Oh, you worry more. That boy over there, he's got the booger, man. Um, booger man, booger man. So the Warriors record, and what is the record called? Like, I feel like why do we even say that still though? Boogie man, like it's, I don't know. Scary boogie was never a scary word. No, it's like it just sounds like it's a guy that's dancing all the fucking time. It's a boogie man. Yeah, I mean the bo- boogie's been a term for dancing since since 60s. boogie. Gotta be since the sixties, right? Sure. Right on. Yeah, boogie down. Boogie down. Booger. Booger down. Uh, you know, we need to get Mikey Erd on the old podcast today, uh, Mike Weeby. Um, you know, I was just want to touch on what you were saying about like uh, still being, you know, excited, which is great. And one of the things that I love about you, because like, and both of you, because, you know, we'll go. I, I'm more cynical, though. Like, I think there's. Mike isn't cynical. He gets stoked. Me and him will get stoked on on certain bands when we're, especially like at festivals yeah. and go to see. I mean. I think it's almost a defense mechanism. We with were you. hanging I, on. You are, you are I very. This is going to yeah. be, I, I really wanted to hype more and more but it's still you know mikey Erg comes up shit at riot fest we were you know me and mike were just like hanging on to every word and every song during the yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just watching from the side of the stage but that was insane to me because the i think the i the last time i'd seen the ergs was in this tiny tiny old version is a there's a little pizza place in austin called the parlor but it's it, it's in a bigger place now it's really it's a great pizza spot but back in the day there was there was a location that was just i mean it was like you know it was like a two-bedroom apartment size mm-hmm. big and i saw them there and then to see them in chicago like at you know at nighttime and there's like i don't know 500 people going nuts to them and yeah. the side of the stage and we're like i know every lyric yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the cool. And and also, people used to tell me they'd be like, "Do you get tired of uh, you know, like seeing the seeing the gamblers all the time or you know on tour every night?" And I was like, "Yes." And I was like, "No." And I was like, "I can honestly fucking tell you, like, I know you know they're my best friends and stuff, but even if I didn't know them for million jillion years." I would still love the band, but I mean, no, every night I was stoked. Every, every set, I mean, it was, it was, I I don't get tired of it. (laughs) It takes, it takes that to do this. It takes that exuberance. And I know, like I said, I know so many people that are at this level or do this or, you know, for a living or for semi-living or whatever it might be. And it is merely what they put a lot of stock into when they were a kid and they lost that drive. They lost what it was that made them, you know, want to smash things when they were a kid, when they listened to whatever band this was. And, and that's always breaks my heart when I meet somebody and they're just, I don't know, uh, I'm done. You know what I mean? They're going to show up and, you know, they're going to play their gig or whatever, but then everything else. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to go out till 3am every night or whatever, but I still have that where I get a little teary if I'm watching a band I love so much, you know, and, and I'm going to go out of my way to go see that band, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would be like, you know, okay, I've been behind merch, but now the gambler set is starting. And um, someone watch this for me because I want to watch from afar. 
Right. It's, it's, always, it's always something new. And Mike is a great frontman. And, you know, it's, not, it's never the same set. I mean, you know, it might be the same songs, but it's not the same set you saw before. And that's what compelled me to want to start, you know, a band with you, you know, like I, we, I got to do it. My, my fickle inconsistency. <laughs> the the yeah. ever no no but you know but i do think it is a defense mechanism with you to be like oh whatever but you're secretly i know you you're secretly super stoked about whatever thing oh no I, i'm usually pretty pretty excited about yeah. about other people's stuff you know which is yeah. i mean part sure. of why i like doing this podcast because i like i like talking about other people's stuff and and hyping up i I mean i like genuinely enjoy talking about like you know mikey erg side projects that right people will like them as much as as i and i'm you know i'm like i jeff showed me that warrior warriors stuff and i've i've been listening to it it's it's great and just i don't know just cool you know you're only going to hear about cool stuff from people that you like which is kind of like the goal of this podcast is 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 that because otherwise it's just like some computer that's trying to figure out what you like you know that's right. just you know well, well and 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 or the, the label with the most money mm-hmm. uh, and it's whatever like the you know the the band or the label with the most money to tell you what you're supposed to you know this they're gonna check out here. well and it's funny because i listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of podcasts by guys and bands and it seems like it's it's this i like the fact that and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna talk about ourselves a bit but i like the fact that it's a conversation and it's not some perfect thing it's it's i wanted it to be like you and me are going to get on the phone every day and talk anyway i wanted that and i think that's what we've sort of accomplished with whoever else we're talking to and i'm bragging about our podcast because it's the best podcast in the world uh it is definitely but you know jeff and i love those kinds of records those earworms that you put on you know like oh this is cool and then you for some reason you just you're so compelled to put it on again and then listen to the whole thing i'm finding myself i love it now because there's no more compact discs they used to have to be like 14 songs on a compact disc to get you know the money's worth now you can do eight eight songs on a record like like when vinyl you know there would be four songs on each side and i love that because my attention span is like infinitesimal at best and so i found you know like the last push a t record that mike and i were obsessed with for a while it's seven songs in and out and it was perfect you know every song was perfect it was great and you just keep you know i love i love that so your story about how you you were into it at first and then it became this thing that you had to do i i so identify with that yeah it's just and, and, and i don't know it's i can't say enough about it i don't know it just it struck a chord with me every every song like the, the lyrics just hit me in the feels and the way uh she you know because she sometimes has like with warriors has like kind of a revolving cast of people who play with her you know mm-hmm. type of band which we are all familiar with but mikey's normally pretty much always playing drums but um to me like when i when i tell someone about it i like i i get really stoked about it because i just love this album so much and i'll tell them i was just telling a friend just like two days ago that hadn't heard it and i was like it's like you know you know really pay attention spend a little time with it and i go and i definitely think it's best that if you listen to it all in the track listing order you know <laughs> so a lot of bands you know that's a that's a 
Yeah. You know, a, a lot of listeners these days just skip around and don't give a shit, but they then they tend to not realize that it doesn't have to be a fucking concept album for someone to really be, you know, attentive to how yeah, the track yeah. listing goes and how right. you know, well a lot of people don't realize that there's a there's, there's a lot of attention paid to those nuanced details. Like guys like Mike and I have been making records, we think yeah. about and we're all of a certain generation too. Maybe kids now don't do that when they're making records yeah. to think about how it's gonna roll out. But I think about what's on side one and side two and how this song's gonna roll into this song. That's that's you know that's attention to detail that people are meticulous about that on this end of it, you know, like that are actually making that record. So for somebody to appreciate it and consume it that way, you know, I, I think it's really important. I think it's awesome that you do that, you know. Yeah, when, I, album, I do that. when an when an album's that good and I like it that much, I'm like, no, don't just throw on, a, you know. I mean, fine if you want to throw on any track, whatever. But I, you know, I'm like, you need to listen front to back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've made a list of perf what I deem perfect records, where it's like one of those things where you you really do just need to listen to the whole thing, you know, you just put on a drive and I love those, you know, sometimes it's few and far between. Sometimes it's slim pickings, but when you find that record, it's like this whole, you're kind of amazed yourself as you're listening to it. Like this whole fucking record's great. You know, every song, there's not one fast forward song. Do you have any location based things, Zach, that you always listen to when you're going a certain place or a certain town or whatever. That's um, a really good, that is a really good, uh, you know, I, I, honestly, yes. Like if I'm in London, one of the things I love to do my in life, and it sounds so, it's like, I call it being a citizen of the earth, you know, is basically just leave the fucking hotel room and go and walk around it, get lost, you know? And yeah. uh, at, at, at night, it's super dangerous. I'll go do it at night, you know, and just walk around, just walk around and observe how people with, with earbuds in or whatever. And yeah, I find myself listening to like, I'm in Australia, I'm going to listen to ACDC, you know, I'm in yeah. England, I'm going to listen to you fucking name it. But I find myself listening to a lot of post-punk when I'm in England. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, like the last time I was in, Eng I was walking around England, I was just in a killing joke only, you know? So I do, I do do that. But I mean, I know you're asking for a little more like Practicing specific black magic, listening mm -hmm. to the killing Yes, show. absolutely. Doing a fire, magic. doing a fire dance saying, God, please give Mike a tail. What about you? Do you have a geographic thing that you like a drive there or something? I, um, Whenever I'm, and it, it doesn't match up. Yeah, I, I do the same thing of like, oh, we're rolling into, uh, you know, Minneapolis. So I'm going to listen to like Dillinger or, or like, um, and, but for some, there's a couple that aren't that. Um, there's, uh, whenever I'm going to uh, California or to Florida, I always listen to Tilt Wheel. Tilt Wheel. Because it, they, who are a Southern, they're a San Diego band, but they have, um, they have a, a song of the Highway 10s. Oh, that make a beeline down at the sunshine. Street. Yeah, that Texas 10 is, 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 is a different one, but yeah. I don't know why. But, I, but, I definitely, like, yes. for whatever reason, I connect them. Maybe it's because they always play the Gainesville, Florida Fest, but I always, like, connect them. And then, like, for some reason, whenever I'm... He talks about getting out of the drunk tank and making a beeline for the Sunshine State. Yeah, they the, they always um, play fast too. They so. always play fast, so maybe that's part of that connection. But whenever I'm like coming home from a tour and it's like the tours, and I'm heading back into Texas, I always listen to which the song like is specifically about Southern California. But I always listen to the song uh, "Plenty for All" by the Hot Snakes. The, oh, okay, okay. 
there's just something about like this like triumphant I'm coming home feeling that I always yeah. in my head it's just like connected to that song and I always give that song a spin as I'm as I'm coming home um yeah and I definitely like for some reason every time I'm in New York at night I'll listen to Joy Division to like that's that, like, that I don't know why there's no there's no reason for that yeah. I should be Ramones or something like that but for some reason like at night seems fitting with yeah, the architecture yeah there's kind just something of, about uh, it that that me, fully yeah. makes sense to me that fully makes sense to me and for whatever reason it just does you know yeah but like yeah and I love that and I love you know for guys like you and me that, that love music so much it, it is it is it's a sensory thing it's almost like a yeah. a smell or, or a touch or a taste or whatever and you know and of course it's you know you it's what you're hearing but to me it gives it this different dimension this this sort of 3d almost you know yeah um, it puts you in a different mood puts you in the mood for for that for you know like you know some of the sst stuff when i'm in california you know the the descendants to me were just so southern california you know i would listen to that music and go god i just wonder what's going on out there you know yeah. and so i'll even though you know i i'll i'll still put that in when i'm when i'm out there um yeah there for a little bit i constantly did because we lived like right by um well like the edge of torrance and redondo beach and then of course hermosa was right there and then you know i would go to the wiener schnitzel oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i would have that shit well, you know that hermosa beach is so storied it's it's black flag it's the descendants it's the circle jerks you know keith morris was from there i mean i guess circle jerks are more hollywood than anything else but but um, you know what? Now it's funny you asked me that question, and and now I'm kind of racking my brain. I know there's so many that I'm gonna forget because I do yeah, no, actually do that. Funny. Yeah, you know, um, I I remember when Guar when I was in Guar, I I wanted to listen to anything but metal, and I wanted to listen to anything that just took me away from that. So I would get in the bunk at night, and I would listen to that Fiona Apple win the pawn record, which is just. <laughs> One of those records, saying one of those records, back to front's amazing, amazing record. She's so amazing. And uh, that record reminds me so much of, of uh, oddly enough, my experience in Guar, yeah, which is really strange, you know? But I was doing it to get my, to just leave where I was, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah Even, something different. Which is yeah, really it was like a, it was like sensory depth because I would be in a bunk in the pitch black, you know, where you could open your eyes, but you can't see your hand in front of your face. And so you yeah. just put that record on. It sounded so amazing. It was played so well. Songs were so good. And it just took me somewhere else. So, yeah, music is uh, music is powerful. Yeah, there's definitely um, um, powerful. Well, to both bands that Mike mentioned, anyone who knows me knows how much I constantly listen to Dylan Jafar and Tilt Will both because yeah, I yeah, love I know, it's just fine. Like, I didn't even think about like, that. Like if I were to put like, say you're doing your your stupid ass Facebook profile, which maybe I should do this. If you if you put political views, I would be Dylan Jafar. Yeah. If you put religion. Yeah. That would probably be tilt wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh well, and of course, you know, I've always and, loved descendants since forever. So, and you know. we all have those, you know, the, the the sort of like our top four or five, you know, they, they're just the ride or die. You know, Mike was the first guy. You were one of the first people that 
you know, I knew scared of Chaka and I like scared of Chaka. And there was a guy that was touring with me that used to tour with scared of Chaka and all that, yeah. but you, you were, they were one of your favorite bands and yeah, definitely a big, huge, there's such an influence. On yeah. The and then it, it, you know, I love that. I love pulling that thread and then realizing like, Oh, this is what that person was really into, you know? And yeah. it's so genius sometimes to take something that was, that inspired you and then you take it somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and so it's fine. My brother and I were talking about that just the other day about like even the Toadies who they're one well, of that band's biggest influence was the Talking Heads. And if you told any Toadies, Texas Toadies fan, they would not get that. But it's so intrinsic. It makes so much sense. Yeah. When you listen to the ins and outs of how that band works and how they write and how they, you know, yeah. craft their parts, it makes it's so much like sense. It's like crazy. I, I never, I never would have heard that until you said it. And yeah. now, now that I think about it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of phrasing absolutely and that's and it's and it's intrinsic because it comes from the drummer mark rez Rezincheck. his favorite drummer is chris franz from the yeah. from, you know and no one likes chris you know i mean he's uh, he's the drummer for talking hands he's amazing but he's his favorite drummer and it's super yeah. nuanced and so he you know it's just genius and uh, that's that's the thing to wrap this to take it all the way back to what we were talking about jeff that's the shit that i still rack my brain over and dissect about bands and that's the reason why i'll do this until i just fucking die up there you know i'm never retired right. i can't i have this shit in my head all the time i'm still so fascinated and interested with the nuances of how the shit works still and i mean from writing the song to playing it on stage to you know manufacturing it and recording it and whatever it's all still fascinating to me and it keeps me up at night because i'm sort of deducing <laughs> why this band does what they do or whatever nothing shit that no one else really gives a fuck about and then you find somebody that does like your mike or you or whoever or, or mikey erg and you talk yeah for hours about it <laughs> and that's why we have a podcast all wrapped up all wrapped up well i thought this was good this was a good episode yeah. we are at uh we are at just just about time too we are at an hour an hour o'clock hours o'clock uh i'll be the first to say jeff humper thank you for for, for joining us and I, I, Wait, I, what? I want it to be like you know a i o u and sometimes why i want it to be zach and mike make three and sometimes jeff humper that's what i want that's, that's, that's definitely the i like having a loosey-goosey sketch with this sketch i i didn't have a hangover this morning but i felt it like my <laughs> age and Mike is 67 years old, ladies and gentlemen. I'm 69. Dallas. There was a guy, there was a guy real quick. There was a guy, the way you just said, there was a guy in high school and uh, super full of shit and just like, just kind of that guy, just hot guy, just cool guy, you know, always just, um, and you would ask him what he was doing. And we lived like 45 minutes north of Dallas and you'd ask him what he's doing. Hey, hey, what are you doing this weekend? And he'd just go, Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> Dallas. Dallas. Um, <laughs> That's so great. Like, no isn't that the best? Just- and so then for, forever, we would just, it was just Dallas. It was just Dallas. Dallas. Um, oh, Dallas. Uh, so I'm going to go to Dallas. Um, Dallas, we get wild. Get wild. And hey, man, don't watch out in Dallas. Hey, man. <laughs> They're crazy and does. I mean, in our towns, you were definitely going to get murdered if you went to Dallas. You were going to get fucking killed, definitely. That was going to happen. This, this reminds me of when it, it was actually uh, when 
uh, Dracula's and Hot Snakes played at uh, fucking Mohawk. Um, my friend Audrey, who lives down here, uh, she met me at the show. And after Hot Snakes, we walked around. We, we went to this just, it was just a pizza, you know, trailer food truck. And there was like a couple other ones. And then, and they just had outdoor, you know, little tables set up for you know, plastic shit for people to eat. And we were just grabbing a slice and eating. And this dude comes out and 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 it would basically be like that dude that you said that said Dallas, because he comes and he's sweaty and he sits down like a table next to us and he's like, man, that's six straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He had, his, had his ass handed to him by getting yeah, six straight boy. Hey man, Deep Ellen boy. Deep Ellen. Deep Ellen, man. You'll see some characters. What are you doing tonight? Deep Ellen. Well, so now we're going to go off on a tangent. No one else is going to understand. Oh, what the hell? Well, hey, thank everybody for listening. Thank you for checking out. Mike, what do you have to say to everyone? Like I said before, I got that new Gambler 7 inch that is available. The pre order is available now. And um, yeah, I'm just really cool and excited about it. And that and punk rock bowling in September, but I'm sure stuff's going to happen between now and then. Stuff is looking open and up, my friend. I mean, I have, uh, of course, the Nowhere Generation, the new Rise Against album coming out June 4th. We have some shows posted. Um, so I'm actually playing. We're playing. You and me are playing. It's, it's a good time. Jeff, what do you got, buddy? Besides just being gorgeous. I'm trying to uh, get some people on board with um, there's some sayings from my childhood that I feel very passionate about yeah. uh, bringing back. And, okay. uh, yeah. No shit, Sherlock. Why do people not say that anymore? I don't know shit, Sherlock. Well, because um, people aren't from where we're from. And smooth move, X-Wax. Okay. Hey, bring them back. I, I like, you know. I like that that's what you're doing this year. Verbiage is, you know, verbiage and uh, and and colloquialisms can be cyclical. And I think we do need to bring those Let's back. Let's bring a no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. No shit, Sherlock. I mean, they're yeah. expensive. They're fun. Yeah. I like I like that that's what you got going on. I love it. I love it. Let's bring them back, man. You're right. No shit, Sherlock. Um yeah. All right. Well, and we have some Dracula things coming that we can't actually really talk about yet, but they're exciting. So yeah, get in it for, for get in it for yourself. Uh, thanks guys for listening. Thanks to Sound Talent Media for letting us fucking do this. Um, oh, I got another podcast called the International News Service, and it comes out every single Tuesday. There you go. You do that. Thank you, Jeff Humper. Thank you. Um, thank you, Michael Weeby. Thank you, Zach Blair and uh, Dallas. Dallas. Dallas.
Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.